With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, don't skip this intro. I know that I'm usually cute here, and I know that you want to get right to the episode, and you're afraid I'm going to say a bunch of patron names. This is a different type of episode. I need to lay the groundwork. I'm not going to be saying the patron names in the intro. Just bear with me and wait like two minutes. Please, I have important things to say. First, as mentioned before, this episode is not a regular episode of Potterless. I am currently in Italy on a family vacation and not in a state to edit a full-length episode of Potterless. Thus, I am posting audio from a live show that we did in Seattle. It is Lawrence Shippen of The Bright Sessions and I having an official Lincoln-Douglas-style debate about who is the better Weasley. She takes the side of Molly. I take the side of Ginny. It's very fun. It's very silly. I hope you enjoy it. I think it's very good. I know it's not a regular episode of Potterless, but it's still very enjoyable content. Aside from that, I have a very exciting announcement that Multitude is going to be doing some live shows coming up. We've already talked about PodX in the beginning of June, going to be in Nashville. But we have two new live shows coming up, one in Brooklyn, New York on June 21st, and one in Boston, Massachusetts on October 10th. If you want to go to these shows, you can go to multitude.productions live and see all of the information. And if you are a patron, you get access to our patron-exclusive presale. That is going to take place on May 3rd and May 4th. Those first two days, only patrons will be able to get tickets. If you want to become a patron so you can get on that, you can do that right now. If you are a patron, check your inbox that is associated with your account. We will be sending a post from the Potterless account, from any other Multitude show that you're subscribed to. You'll get an email in your inbox with the details of how you get access to that presale, so check that inbox if you want to go. These venues are not enormous. Tickets might sell out, so if you are on the fence about going, you're probably going to want to go. Again, you can see all the information about these shows, how you can get a discount on the tickets to PodX, etc. if you go to multitude.production slash live. I'm super stoked about doing these live shows and I cannot wait to see all of your beautiful faces in the flesh. With that being said, thank you for being with me on this I'm on vacation but I'm still putting stuff up episode of Potterless. I hope you enjoy this Lincoln Douglas debate as to who is the best Weasley, Molly, or Ginny, guest starring Lauren Shippen and judged by Brandon Grugel. <laughs> are going to be doing something that is uh, very poor and very near and dear to my heart, but I'll let the, the judge describe what exactly is going down, but, oh, this is your stage now, sir. Hello, hello. This is awkward now with Shubes on stage. Oh my God, it's Lauren Shippen. I just wanted to be real clear before we started that um, I was asked a week and a half ago to judge this. And uh, I Googled on Wikipedia, or looked on Wikipedia for what kind of judges would take a sort of Lincoln-Douglas-style debate. And the first one is called a lay judge. And it's a judge who does not have experience in debate in any form, and is partial to basic and or slow arguments. Usually parents tend to be lay judges. So this is just setting expectations. Uh, but the first round here, uh, I think we're going to do a debate 
Yes, uh, we're doing an official Lincoln Douglas style debate. Yep. <laughs> I did this once in high school. I've never done this. <laughs> you want to describe, say what the topic is to our adoring audience? So the topic, who is the best Weasley? Oh. I think I'll just let y'all tackle. So the first round, we're going to start with our guest, Lauren. Yep. So my argument is that Molly Weasley is the best yeah. Weasley. <laughs> And my argument takes three parts, so, so let's begin. Uh, they're all based around Molly's various roles in the book, and the first is Molly the mother. Uh, that is her main role in the book. She's a very maternal figure to not only her seven children, six of which are boys, which, like, end of argument, like, that's enough to, to make her be the best Weasley. Um, but then also Harry uh, as a sort of surrogate son. Um, and yes, I, I do have notes. Um, so <laughs> one of the most, I think, heartbreaking quotes from the Harry Potter series is from Goblet of Fire. And it's Harry thinking to himself while Molly's hugging him. He had no memory of being hugged like this as though by a mother. Just showing the value that Molly brings to Harry's life. As I mentioned, she had seven children. That's insane. And she just knits jumpers for all of them. And that's incredible. Um, and then she just straight up adopts Harry. She gives him the, a family watch for his 17th birthday from one of her brothers who died in the first Wizarding War, which is not something you do for like a family friend. Like he is legitimately her son, which is just so sweet. And she also shields him when everyone's trying to treat him like an adult. That's something that all of the adults in his life do. Dumbledore, you know, serious. They're all like, oh, you're a grown person who can take on the burden of the Wizarding World. And Molly is the one person who's like, no, you're a child and you should be treated as such. And also, uh, the whole thing with the Bogart really broke my heart because she, that's like the one thing that Molly can't defeat in all her magic. She's a wonderful witch, well, we'll get to in a second. And when Harry comes upon her trying to deal with the Bogart, he sees her seeing the corpses of all of her loved ones. I'm really bringing down the, <laughs> the, down the room. <laughs> um, and included in those corpses is Harry, just showing how devoted she is to this boy who she didn't know before he was 12. And I think that's really sweet. And as I said, the Bogart is really like the one thing that we see Molly failing at as a witch, uh, because that is the second role that she plays, which is Molly the witch. I'm gonna change my notes here. <laughs> Took this very seriously. <laughs> um, so uh, she's just basically a badass witch. As previously mentioned, she has a household of nine people, because she has seven children and her husband, and she runs this household and cooks and cleans for everybody just with her magic, and she's so dope that even Ron is like, my mom just makes food from nowhere, and it's amazing, and I don't know how it works because you can't conjure food as a, as a, as a wizard or witch, but she just does it, and it's incredible. She also uh, is an excellent healer. She helps a lot in you know the various battles that they're involved in, um, and she also brewed a love potion when she was in school before she actually was at the newt level, which is like pretty badass because that's a hard potion to brew. And she survived not one, but two wizarding wars. She survived Voldemort twice, which is seriously badass level. Which brings Good me pun. to the, uh, the third role, which is Molly the badass motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's a badass motherfucker, as we all know. There's some stuff that I can't talk about because Mike has not read that I'm far sorry. yet. I'm sorry, I'm no, almost done. fine, but nobody spoil it for him because it's so good. But she's... I, this is a little bit of, an, of, of a random thing, but she's got a really strong marriage, which is not something that we see very much in Harry Potter. Um, but anybody who, whose husband calls her Molly Wobbles is like, that's a badass motherfucker. 
she does not suffer fools. She sends that howler and like embarrasses her son and Harry and she's just like not putting up with any other bullshit, which is basically like the, just the definition of BDE, sending that howler. She has that amazing clock. I don't know if she enchanted that clock, but it's so cool. The one that shows where all of the different family members are at various times. And my favorite thing, one of my favorite things, other than the thing that happens in the seventh book, which you can't talk about. Um, Sorry. <laughs> you're fine. Um, is that in Order of the Phoenix, when Sirius, whom I love, but who is problematic, is like trying to get Harry to do something reckless. He's explained to Molly that Harry's not actually a child. He's a grown man. And Molly just yells at him, he is not James. And I was like, that is quite a clapback, Molly Weasley. And that is why she's a badass motherfucker and the best Weasley. Okay, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Uh, I do just want to note for the audience here that backstage, Lauren did show me her copious amount of notes, and then Mike said, yeah, I just asked on Twitter or Facebook for, for suggestions. Uh, so, but Mike, I'll give, you two, I'll give you two minutes yeah. to question, for questions. So question, I, I need to bring up specific points you had, so I'll just go through them one by one. Uh, first, knitting's not that hard. Um, whoa, whoa. When good when you're a wizard and you can carry things with you know magic, it shouldn't be that bad. So is that a uh, question or a rebuttal? No, I'm, j- I'm just pointing out things that didn't make sense. This isn't your live show. So then, um, so you said that uh, Molly gave really good hugs. It said Harry was the best hugs. Maybe Harry just got shitty hugs. Uh, maybe I mean, that's true. It could just be what it is. You know, I would also, Mike, I need to ask hugs. questions. Uh, no, I'm just I'm just pointing out things that I thought were bad. Um, <laughs> If Molly's such a good healer, why couldn't she fix George's ear? Uh, Dark magic, bro. Dark magic. <laughs> Ron, you thought uh, you said Molly was good at cooking because Ron was like, I don't know how she does it. Ron's stupid. So, <laughs> also, uh, you, you thought it was good that Molly Molly made a love potion. I really like consent a lot. So, not sure how I feel about it's that. It's advanced magic, though. That was that my point. Okay. She's a good Very witch. True. Also, finally, the clock. Uh, which, if we are going by the movie clock, which I know the movies are not true, but if we're going by the movie clock things that were on the movie clock included the dentist the tailor and the prison we know that from the books they don't know what dentists are because they ask hermione so i don't know if this is really molly's fault or whoever the fuck made the movie (laughs) who made the movie christopher columbus um so that's my cross-examination great (laughs) cool good 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 (laughs) all right mike you get six minutes now Perfect. For your statement. Great. So I will uh, I will be defending that Ginny Weasley is the best Weasley. <laughs> and uh, my my arguments do not come in, in three parts. It's just a <laughs> list of all the funny things she said in the books. <laughs> so one that one that is truly a testament to Ginny Weasley being really powerful. Uh, it starts with a quote where she says to Harry, quote, well, that was a bit stupid of you. Um, <laughs> This is, of course, when Harry didn't talk to anyone about the whole Voldemort possession thing, even though there was someone who was possessed by Voldemort for an entire book. She called it out right to his face. I think we can all agree that Harry is also very stupid. <laughs> but she, she went on to do some really, some really great things, especially once she started dating Harry. There was, of course, the wonderful scene with Ramil Devane when Ramil Devane asked about if Harry has a tattoo on his chest, and he said that it, she instead said that it was the Hungarian horntail because it was, quote, much more macho. Then also went on to say that Ron Weasley has a tattoo of a pygmy puff and the key thing did not say where it was. 
very important. There's something that a common theme throughout her as, a, as her prowess as a witch is that her go-to spell is turning boogers into bats, which is, just imagine that. You know how like when you sneeze and stuff comes out of your nose, it's unpleasant? Pretend that's a bat. Doesn't seem great. And that happens like multiple times throughout the books. It's like, oh yeah, Ginny's like signature move. It's turning your boogers into bats, even to the point where Fred and George have to call it out. And you know, if they are calling out something by their little sister who they love to torment, you know it has to be very serious. Speaking of Fred and George, she did learn very important lessons from Fred and George. And she does go on to say, quote, that when you live with Fred and George, you think that anything is possible if you've got enough nerve, which I think is very true, especially me as a, as a personal thing, seeing that anything is possible if you've got enough nerve, like, I don't know, making a career out of dunking on a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Kevin Garnett would say, anything is possible. So, <laughs> she's also not afraid to call out things when there is some awful things happening, mainly with her brother Ron, in a very important Quidditch match, which I will get into how she is the only person to make Quidditch bearable. Uh, she points out by, <laughs> to Harry, she calls Ron a prat very soon on in a practice and said, well, you seem to be too busy to call him a prat. And I thought someone should. <laughs> so calls that out. But yes, she does make Quidditch the only thing. She's the only redeeming quality of it. Most notably when Zachariah Smith, the worst person, <laughs> but like he's like close to Percy as like the worst person in the books. <laughs> like he's probably below Voldemort. Um, Zachariah Smith was being awful, he was being a very annoying announcer, and Ginny Weasley just ran into the little announcer hut thing full speed, and then turned to McGonagall and said, sorry, Professor, I forgot to break. <laughs> Which I also love, like, this is just a side thing of McGonagall being so good that she was just like, yeah, you can destroy school property, that was a good joke. Um, also, I like that her name is Minerva. McGonagall's the best Weasley. <laughs> yeah, she, mm, ooh, a third argument. <laughs> Um, just wanted to see, are, are you a big fan of the Defense Association? The Defense Association? Yeah, that's what it would have been called if Ginny didn't rename it Dumbledore's Army. <laughs> Cho Chang wanted to call the DA the Defense Association? Gosh, that sounds like one of those clubs at college where the only way they get people to show up is they bring like free pizza and free chicken sandwiches and stuff. And then everyone's like, oh, you're going to the Defense Association meeting? Be like, well, yeah, they got free pizza. So I gotta go. D Dumbledore's army infinitely better. I also like the petty move and that she was trying to like swoop in from Cho to snag hair. And she's like, oh, I got a better name for this shit. <laughs> Your name's dumb, Cho. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, also just the entire tearing down of Ron when she gets caught making out with the Dean. And then also like Fred and George, they're great. They're wonderful. They found all the passages. Ginny also found all the passages, but then hooked up in all of them. Them. Which is just like take it and then like elevate it. <laughs> and speaking of making out and stuff, when she finally she has so many good moments where she's just like very fun and a little like quirky to Harry. And there is one part in particular where she sees Ron making out with Lavender Brown and <laughs> turns to Harry and nudges him, and does one of these like <laughs> kind of looks like he's eating her face, doesn't it? <laughs> Speaking of things in a similar vein, at the wedding when uh, racist Aunt Muriel comments on Ginny's dress being too low cut, she looks around with a grin and winks at Harry, which is a very good move. And then two more things. First is uh, when Ron said something when he made fun of her, saying, don't make me like revoke my permission for you to date Harry. She just says, your permission in italics with a question mark and an exclamation point. 
very sassy, and then finally, she is not afraid to call out even the most powerful of witches when Hermione pretends that she knows how Quidditch works, and Ginny Weasley says, don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> and that's why Ginny Weasley's the best Weasley. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, she's dead. All right. Lauren, you have two minutes for questions. Do you have something other than just a list of things? I do, I do. I wrote some stuff down. Um, so Ginny was pretty complicit in opening the Chamber of Secrets. How do you explain that? She was possessed by Voldemort. <laughs> and like 11. <laughs> yeah, that's not my strong question. <laughs> there's, there's noting, though. Okay, so uh, several of the things you described uh, really express a violent tendency that the Bat Bogey Hex, you know, uh, going to Zachariah Smith's announcement booth. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, how do you explain that? She's, I, she's violent. Good. <laughs> Strong, powerful woman. You can be powerful without, you know, fucking everybody shit up all the time. <laughs> That's true. Six brothers. That is true. I mean, those are those are my questions. <laughs> those are very good questions. Thank you. Okay, now you have three minutes for a rebuttal. Oh, I've got a rebuttal. Okay. Yes. Uh, well, I think my my first point would be Ginny Weasley doesn't exist without Molly Weasley. Mm. You know, I mean, she literally wouldn't be alive. And also, Molly Weasley raised Ginny. And, you know, raised her to be the woman that she became. So, in some ways, Molly is responsible for how awesome Ginny is. I will concede that she is awesome. But, as you've presented it, she's a lot of really great quips and comebacks and some, you know, violent spells. Um, and doesn't necessarily actually uh, contribute that much to the cause against, against Voldemort. Which, I would say, you know, Molly, she helps organize the Order of the Phoenix, and she does that shit in the seventh book. <laughs> I'm sorry. Everyone here knows, right? Everyone here knows except for Mike. Yeah, cool, yeah, cool, yeah. Cool, Great. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Molly Weasley can, she's not violent like her daughter, but she will step up when she needs to. Um, whereas Ginny is just going to, to sort of say something snide and then go back into her, you know, into her little world. That is Dancing around this is beautiful. I'm <laughs> trying so hard. I thank you so much. <laughs> I really don't want to spoil this for my kids. It's good. Um, yeah, I probably had other points, but I forgot. No, that was amazing. Okay, okay. All right, Mike. Um, it says on my sheet you have five minutes for rebuttal, that but I feel long. like you wrote this, and so <laughs> I, I went by the I went by Wikipedia. Reputable uh, source. They're both we'll amazing, see. and so it's very hard to rebut this. <laughs> All right, Mike. Up to you. Cool. So I would also just like to, to point out that Ginny Weasley also made fun of Fleur Delacour, which is very fun <laughs> to do. Uh, pointing out just like cutesy grossness. Uh, there was a point in which Fleur and Bill, you know, Fleur's being like, oh, Bill, you are so cute. Um, what was that? It's what a pretty that? good Fleur impression. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and she is eating cereal and then pretends to barf into her cereal, which is very good. Uh, I also like that cereal still exists in the Wizarding World. <laughs> Like, they like to dunk on everything muggles, but they're like, these Frosted Flakes are delicious. They oh, thank you. Don't uh, give Mike credit for that. That no, was don't. just their joke. Yeah, if, that, if there's a deciding thing in that joke, that's not going to work. You mentioned that Molly is the reason Ginny came into the world. Now, I would just like to post a fun fan theory that probably exists. Minerva. Ooh. I'm sorry, is this canonical? I don't know if I can allow this. It's, we have Minerva McGonagall. We have Ginerva Weasley. Have we ever seen them in the same room together? 
No, I do not agree. This is not acceptable. This is not canon. We ever you can't just introduce your own fanfic in here. But wait. Oh, past Mike, how silly and naive you were before you posted that first episode of Potterless where you called Ginny Genevra and not Ginevra and had the wrath of Twitter descend upon you. Hey everyone, it's me editing Mike whispering in the top of our Airbnb in Italy because it's three in the morning. I'm still finishing this Potterless episode. It's also silly of you, Mike, to not leave time for Wingardium at Ridosa. Today's episode of Potterless is brought to you by Wix. Now, I make fun of Harry Potter a lot on this podcast, and I give him a lot of grief for not knowing how to do things and making poor decisions often. Well, I am here to say that I actually have a lot in common with Harry Potter. Harry has no idea what he is doing in the wizarding world. I have no idea what I am doing in the website design world. Harry has a friend who is very competent at magic, Hermione Granger. I have a girlfriend who is very competent at web design, Kelly Beckman. Hermione is always saving Harry's ass doing spells when he can't do them. Kelly is always saving my ass making websites for my podcasts when I need them. She has done the web design for Potterless's site. She's done the web design for Horse's site. They are both gorgeous. But Wix gave me the task to create an account and make a portfolio website using their services. And let me tell you, I was able to make what I think is a gorgeous portfolio site with no knowledge of what I am doing thanks to Wix making it so simple. They have over 400 templates that you can choose from. It's very simple because they name them based on what they think it is best suited for. So they have the graphic designer one. They have the photographer one. They have the writer one. There are so many different templates that are custom tailored to whatever your profession is, whatever type of website you're trying to make. And it's so simple and intuitive. And the great thing about Wix is that in the free trial period, there's no time limit. You can take as much time as you want to fiddle around with the templates and the colors and the fonts and the designs and wait until your website is 100% perfect. And then if you want to upgrade to premium where you can get extra features like a custom URL connected to a domain name that you already have, email inboxes, whatever you need, you can do so. And as a Potterless listener, you can get 10% off a Wix premium subscription if you go to potterlesspodcast.com slash Wix and then click the link. When you make a purchase for a Wix premium account, you'll get 10% off, which can be huge. My website is live at shubes. It's S-C-H-U-B dot E-S. I bought the domain name separately. I connected it to my Wix account. It was very simple to set up. It was a seamless transition. And now I have a very silly URL and a very pretty website to go with it. So if I can make a website and Harry can learn to be a competent wizard, you too can make a website website with Wix. It's so easy and intuitive. Again, go to potterlesspodcast.com slash Wix, get 10% off and make a really pretty website today. And now you'll hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for me to be a full-time podcaster. Some of these ads will be read by me. Others of them won't. The ones that aren't are inserted locally. So if you live internationally, don't be surprised if you hear an ad in your country's native language. And once those ads are complete, we'll get back to this episode of Potterless. This episode of Potterless is brought to you by Arena Club. Now, if you listen to this podcast, it should be no secret that I am both a sports nerd and more of a traditional nerd. And when you think of these two types of nerddom, there's one thing that links them together, and that is card collecting. Whether you are looking to buy, trade, sell, or display a card collection of sports cards or Pokemon cards, you should check out Arena Club. ArenaClub.com is the place where you can do all of these things. I have recently made a purchase on the 
Marketplace. I got Lieutenant Surge's Raichu, which is my favorite Pokemon, and I didn't even know that there was a Lieutenant Surge version of the Raichu. So that is a card that I now have, and it's not just some digital thing. I can have this card physically mailed to me. So there's a bunch of cool stuff you can do with Arena Club, including their slab packs. If you have ever done any sort of card collecting, you know that ripping packs or repacks can be a zero transparency type of thing where you're just hoping you get some sort of cool card. But what's nice about the slab packs with Arena Club is that you have full transparency. You see what available cards are there, what your percentage of getting them is, what the gradings are. So it is not a complete black box. You're going into this knowing what cards you might get. And I've been using Arena Club and it's pretty cool. It's very easy for me to look up different cards. I can favorite them, see what I want. And then whenever I want them shipped to me, I can get them shipped to me and then I'll have the physical versions of them. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash Potter. Listen, wow, that is a wild offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack is 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash Potterless for 10% off your first purchase. So if you want to collect some cards or rip open some packs in a more transparent way, whether you're a sports nerd or a Pokemon nerd or all sorts of nerds like me, you can use Arena Club today. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Yes, Ginny did, at least from my knowledge of where I'm at in the books. Like, Ginny didn't necessarily contribute anything. But I think what Ginny did is she knocked Harry Potter down, like, a million pegs, which was super necessary because he's a bit much. And Ginny really just brought him a little closer down to earth and, and made him be not so Harry Potter so that he could, you know, be a little better for the cause of, you know, saving the world and all of that. So I think Ginny is an important part there. She also received the Spider-Man breakup from Harry pretty well. Just being like, yeah, I knew you were going to pull this shit. But then also being like, I know you're going to come back. (laughs) I'm Ginny Weasley. I don't know if you've read the books. I'm very good. (laughs) I'm very, very good. But yeah, I mean... Sure, sure, she can have her violent tendencies, and sure, she uh, maybe just has like little quips and stuff, but that's what I like. <laughs> and I'm very biased, but I think she is the best Weasley. <laughs> okay, Lauren, do you have an argument that doesn't revolve around another man in the book? <laughs> oh, uh, no. Mike, you needed it, Mike. <laughs> All right, Lauren, this is our uh, last. You have two minutes for, for your second rebuttal, and then we'll decide okay. the winner. So I think that the bring up Harry is a, a good point because, um, listen, I love Harry, but, like, Ginny has bad taste in dudes. Like, she could do better than Harry. And that shows, that shows a lack of judgment that I think should be examined. Also, I mean, yes, she did not knock him down a couple pegs, but that was after years of, like, weirdly pining after him because he was famous, which is not a cute look. Including, like, putting her elbow into oatmeal, which, again, not a cute look. Like, we've all been there, but, like, girl, get it together. Oatmeal also made it into the Wizarding yeah, oatmeal World. also These was there Quakers somehow. know what's up. Um, and I would argue, no, again, not to surround this, you know, around, around the men, the the books, but I, I would say that, that like Molly made a good choice with Arthur. Like, yes, they got married hastily in the first Wizarding War, but like Arthur's charming. He's goofy. He likes all the muggle stuff. They've got a good marriage. Like she she did well. 
Um, I, oh man, I have so much to say about the cursed child. Um, <laughs> is that real? Is, it, is that just a fan theory, right? That thing is in Yeah, canonical. the cursed child is not canon. We all agree, <laughs> but I have a lot of opinions. But yeah, I would say that the Ginny's obsession with and then romance with Harry, it shows a, a, a troubling lack of judgment. Can I say two little things in response to that? Since I didn't use anywhere close to the five minutes I had. I'll allow it. Okay, the one thing. I like Ginny being so obsessed with Harry and then like nailing it. That's like the ultimate like call your shot and then like make it. That's like when you send a tweet to like someone that has like a lot of followers. You're like, at Lin-Manuel Miranda, hi, please. Hello, how's it going? And then he's like, yeah, hi, how are you? I was like, what? So like it worked. Is that you, a real story? That no, I'm, no, I'm going to write it into existence. <laughs> the only final thing that I will say, like the, the one step back, it was so much easier when you were like, I'm going to pick Ron. And I was like, yes. I thought and, we were just doing Weasley, Weasley siblings. Yeah. And I was like, wait, can I pick Molly? And, yeah, she sent a follow-up message. I was like, oh, you just said any Weasley. Can I pick Molly? And I was like, ah. Oh. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, Ron it's hard. Easier the to one beat. thing, though, that I did find fault with Molly is that she's a mom, and that's great, but she's, like, too much of a mom in the beginning of book seven when the three kids are trying to get the Horcruxes, you know, to save the world, and she's, like, trying to make them do all busy work so that they can't talk to each other and all that, and I get that she's being a mom, but also, like, their job is very important, Molly. They're trying to murder Voldemort, please. But also, they're children. <laughs> that Not, shouldn't be their job. They turn 17, so they're adults. Now. No, they're still children. <laughs> I think I'd rest my case. That is a wild <laughs> argument. Okay. Lauren, <laughs> do you have any last any last thoughts? No, I'm mean, not. not <laughs> you just want to let Mike dig his own grave. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Got no, it. I mean, I would just say that 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 Molly is um, a rare combination of loving and terrifying, and I think that that is a beautiful thing. And the fact that she can be so nurturing and so such a wonderful maternal figure to Harry, who needs it so desperately, but also like she doesn't put up with his shit. She doesn't put up with anybody's shit, and that's so incredible. And I feel like in a book series where we have wonderful characters like Hermione and Ginny. Molly Weasley is the unsung hero of the series for being an established adult woman who just gets I'll allow it, I'll allow it. So that's why the Bright Sessions is good. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I need some audience help here. Lauren? Did Lauren win? Cool, because I'm not gonna ask about Mike. So Lauren is our winner. Wonderful. And shout out to Brandon for being a wonderful judge. Great. Yeah, great. Yes, shout out to Brandon for keeping us in line. If you enjoyed this little bonus episode of Potterless, I have a ton of bonus episodes already up on Patreon. And if you join the $4 and above tier, you will get access to all of them today. You can listen to the entire back catalog if you go to patreon.com slash Potterless and sign up. Also, you can get access to that live show pre-sale. Potterless is created by Mick Schubert. It is hosted by Mick Schubert. It is edited by Mick Schubert. It is produced by Mick Schubert, as well as a bunch of other amazing, wonderful people. I do not have the time to edit and put all the names together, but they're all lovely and you know who you are. And I thank you all so much. The music is by Bettina Campomanes. The web design is by Kelly Beckman. If you want to find us on social media, you can go to facebook.com slash Potterless, twitter.com slash Potterless pod, instagram.com slash Potterless podcast and reddit.com slash r slash Potterless. All information about the show, including a new media kit, is available at Potterlesspodcast.com. And again, that bonus content lives at patreon.com slash Potterless. Thank you so much for all the support and thank you for bearing with me on my vacation. And until next time, when we get back to regular episodes of Potterless, as they say in the wizarding world of Harry Potter, wizard on!
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.